This is Diapers and Disciples, episode 35. On Diapers and Disciples, we're talking about living out the Great Commission as a mom. I'm Amber O'Hearn, and today's chat is with Erin Patrizio. We talk about daily rhythms as a mama of little ones, how Erin incorporates prayer and conversations about God into their daily lives, and how she encourages her kids to grow in virtue. I decided to leave in some of her sweet kids' cameos as well, so I hope you enjoy those. Thanks for listening in. Here's my chat with Erin. Hi, Erin. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I um, just for a second have to talk about how gracious you are because we actually recorded an interview maybe a month or so ago and we I lost one of the audio tracks and you so generously and graciously were like, of course, I can come on again and we'll just re-record. So I am so grateful. So thank you so much for, for being here so we could do this. So you have three kids under the age of five, correct? Yes, I have three kids. I have an almost five-year-old girl, almost five-year-old girl, Sophia, a boy who will be three in June, um, Joseph, and a seven-and-a-half-month-old boy, John Paul. Sophia's birthday is on Monday, so she is really excited about turning five. Oh, my goodness. So uh, how do you do birthdays at your house? Will she have a party so, of some kind? We will have a um, special dinner. So we usually do something as a family, either the day before or the day of. And as like, uh, including my husband. So this weekend, so Sunday, we will go to the science center, which is Sophia's choice, um, as a family. And then we are going to go to a, um, farm for a field trip, as Sophia said she'd like to do on Monday, which is her actual birthday. And then we have a dinner of the child's choosing on that day. So we'll have macaroni and cheese and um, and, and the dessert is um, ice cream and berries. We, we also wanted um, peppers and... We also wanted um, ham. So the, <laughs> the, the dinner and the dessert. And then we usually have sparkling juice for birthdays and for Easter and Christmas. So that's also a special treat. And then since Sophia's and Joseph's birthdays are so close together, we have a combined birthday party for them with family and friends at a park grove. So we'll have a combined birthday party next Saturday. And then for Joseph's birthday in June, he'll get to pick what we do and what we have for dinner and the um, and the dessert. And then we'll probably have sparkling grape juice for him too. So we do something intimate with our family, and then we do um, extended family and friends on uh, at one big party at the Park Grove. So. That's so fun. I, I really love that idea of letting your kids pick out what they want for dinner that day. <laughs> yeah, and we just try to keep it really simple and low-key. So, so Erin, maybe you can just tell us a little bit about uh, what your life kind of looks like as a mom, just the day-to-day with little ones. Uh, I think we have more of a rhythm than we do a schedule. Okay. Uh, we get up, and then we 
get ready before we go downstairs. And then we um, go downstairs, have some breakfast. And typically, if we're going to leave the house, we leave the house after breakfast. And then we go and do whatever we're doing, whether it's a um, running errands or going on a hike or going to a museum. We do that typically in the morning. And then we get home and have lunch. And then in the afternoon, we typically uh, go outside and read stories. And then when my husband gets home from work, we, um, we have dinner. And after dinner, it's typically uh, do some chores and get ready for bedtime and read a few more stories if we have enough time before lights out. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So then I'd love to ask you what your prayer life looks like, both personally and as a family with your kids. So as a, so I'd say that I have a lot of time. We do a lot of prayer kind of sporadically throughout the day. We Mm -hmm. will sometimes pray when we see an ambulance as an example, or we pray when we leave the house. Uh, we pray before meals. Uh, sometimes we read the Bible while it's breakfast. And um, we do family prayer at the end of the day. So before we can go inside after I'm done. I don't hear any thunder. You may blow up that ball, though. Um, we pray as a family as part of our bedtime routine, thanking God for things and asking God to bless various intentions. Uh, Personally, I've just been trying to kind of catch the moments as I have them, if that makes any sense. So being intentional when I have some downtime, just to quiet my heart and to uh, maybe say Hail Mary or maybe say, Lord, have mercy, um, or just kind of uh, reconnect with the Lord. And I also, if I have time, uh, try to sneak in a few minutes here and there to either read a spiritual book or read the Bible. Uh, We try to go to adoration or daily mass during the week, but it doesn't happen daily. So it's kind of when we're out and about sometimes, hey, let's stop by the adoration chapel or hey, let's try to make it to daily mass tomorrow, stuff like that, which also is, I guess, communal prayer with the kids, but also allows me to get extra strength with the Eucharist. Yeah, that's awesome. So how, how do you do that with your kids? Uh, I don't know. We just, we just go. I guess what I mean is like during mass and adoration, is it totally crazy? <laughs> uh, a little crazy. So typically yeah. we just spend a little, a few minutes in adoration like we'll go in and then I will ask the kids what they would like to pray for and I just try to take a moment or two to recollect and then with mass we typically sit up front and then I'll try to uh, redirect them towards what's happening on the altar and then it also reminds me like when I'm reminding them hey let's watch for the apoclesis 
it also is reminding me that the Holy Spirit is coming down too. You know, when I bring their attention to it, it also brings my attention to it. So it's not necessarily the same quiet contemplation that was possible before kids, but it's a different type, I guess, a different type of contemplation. Right. That makes sense. Uh, And I love what you're saying about just like taking moments to call upon the Lord as well. Um, I was reading in one of the Psalms today, I forget, uh, maybe 140 something, 145 or something. Uh, The verse that really stood out to me was that the Lord is close to those who call upon his name. And I was just thinking about how often during the day I'm like, Lord Jesus, help me (laughs) as a mom. So I love that you said that. Or even offering up all those little things throughout the day. I've been trying to be more intentional about thinking, you know, I change uh, five five to ten diapers a day, but just trying to remember to offer those um, various intentions. Mm. Yeah, I love that. That's great. So as, as you're talking about the diapers, like just the amount of diapers that you're changing. And I'm thinking about like driving kids places and just managing chaos as a mom. It's easy to kind of get stuck in that day-to-day routine. Is there a way that you like break away from that or remember to bring up God in the conversation with your kids throughout the day? So it's part of our routine, I would say, to talk about faith. Usually we do something faith-related over breakfast. Um, like on Sunday, we'll do, we'll read the gospel, um, before mass. So we'll read at breakfast and then, uh, during the week, we usually have, uh, something that we're working on that week. And sometimes we'll read a book at breakfast. And so it's kind of a, that's kind of a trigger for me. And then, um, if we see a church then that's the trigger or seeing an ambulance and it's this is gonna sound kind of so they're they're built-in triggers but then it's just i feel like the christ is so integral to who we are as a family that it mm-hmm. just comes up naturally if that makes any sense or if we're talking yeah. about discipline and we're talking about why something can't happen or why we are going to do this or do that uh, we talk about what God is asking of us, if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. or different virtues to focus on. Yeah, that's awesome. So I, I know that you guys, that you've mentioned that you like to focus on virtue and opportunities to like have your kids be a part of serving others as well. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about that, how you kind of foster that virtue and also that kind of uh, service within your family? So we definitely do a good job focusing on it in Advent and Lent, and we've used those times as springboards. So, for example, we brought food to the food pantry during Lent, and then when we saw someone who had a sign saying, we're hungry, then uh, Sophia said, oh, can we give that person some food? I didn't have any food in the car at that point. So we've been starting to make a point of having a breakfast bar in the car, keeping some food so that we can give it to someone. And um, 
it's been difficult and we do a service project with some other families at a local nursing home with the little sisters of the poor and that's um once a month but we don't always make it but then um other some some service projects have been difficult with the kids but we've been trying to just do kind of integrate service into our life rather than necessarily being able to do a lot of I guess big service projects if that makes any sense so sure yeah just thinking on the day-to-day right or like okay let's see we're gonna let this person go in front of us and doing Mm -hmm. the little things like smiling and uh trying to look at different ways to be intentionally serving and joyful throughout the day because it's really difficult to find places that will let you serve with small kids like you can't take kids to the food bank and have them sort because you have to be 12 you can't take them to Mm -hmm. the food give out because you have to be certain age I don't remember 12 or 13 or 10 or you can't take them to do a few other things until they're six so rather than focusing on big service projects at this time as this point I've been trying to focus on I don't know little ways to serve and then talking about how we have chores and that not only do are we called to be a good steward of our stuff and we need to do the chores because of that but also we are called to serve our family we're called to serve each other and it's just a way to serve each other mm-hmm. if that makes any sense it does i i love that i think that's a great way to instill those values at such an early age so then i kind of a follow up question to that would be uh how does being with your kids help you to grow in virtue as a mom oh absolutely yes yes <laughs> they they give me opportunities to be patient every day <laughs> they give me opportunities to maybe re-examine myself and try to strive to be a holier person because you notice that they copy you, they imitate. And when they're doing certain things that you don't like, oh, wait, they learned that from me. Mm. Okay, what do I need to do? Mm. You know, and we've been talking, we've also been trying to talk about, you know, we do this and we do this or don't do this in our family, but part of our family is me. And so I shouldn't be doing this mm. or I should be doing this, you know? And so um, I see that I, 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 I fail regularly and I definitely have feel like I have to apologize to my kids all the time. But, um, and I do, I apologize when I know that I've done wrong. And so I think seeing them inspires me to try to be a holier woman, to grow in virtue, and it, and correcting them and trying to discipline and teach them reminds me what I need to grow into. So I, I wasn't planning on asking you about this, so if you don't have any, any thoughts to share about it, that's fine. But um, I'm, I'm curious, like, just having... Um, kids and being in this like little, little kid, you know, phase with little ones running around. Um, I know for myself, I feel 
like the exhaustion of that and like sometimes the lack of um, maybe support from, I don't know, other moms or community in some way. Do you feel like you have like a support system or uh, like other moms that you connect with? Um, I don't know. I just felt like I wanted to ask you about that. (laughs) So yes, I do. I have some friends that we get together on play dates and I, there are some moms that I can call, I can either text or talk on the phone with, and something I've been thinking, <laughs> it's been on my heart to do, I've been talking to a few other moms, and we were talking about trying to have maybe some more intentional community over the summer, where mm. we once, a, so our house is not very big, but our yard is bigger, and so I was thinking about um, inviting a few families over and then the moms can sit around the table on our patio and we can talk about a book and then the kids can play in the yard where we can, it's a fenced in yard and we can talk and the kids can be playing and we can all be growing in holiness and fellowship and we will, we'll see how it goes, but I was thinking about doing it over... Uh, over the summer for maybe eight or ten weeks because I have a lot of people who I who I know but they don't all necessarily know each other and I I think I would like to kind of maybe build a uh, bigger web if that makes sense and a web like a spider like a spider web Um, (laughs) a more integrated community Another thing Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about, but we'll have to see uh, how it goes, is my husband has some men that he gets together with occasionally, and some of those men are the husbands and fathers of the people we hang out with, and it would be nice to maybe get together as families more, Mm -hmm. and... um, There are some people who live across the city, but then I guess I also feel a certain call to cultivate community community more locally, if that makes any sense. Um, Trying to focus on those families who live closer to us, and uh, then it really opens up the possibility for giving them a call at, uh, say, 2.30, hey, you live five minutes away do you want to come over for an hour uh, more spontaneous kind of play dates rather than planned play dates that you need to drive a half an hour across the city to make happen which I value right. those but I probably have a little bit more need of the spontaneous ones uh, hmm. Sophia wants to say hello can she say hello yeah please please do. let her Joseph also hi. To say hi. Joseph, go ahead. Hi. Hi, Joseph. So it's also, it's just like, so this is just like mama's talking on the phone, but it's a, it's kind of like a speaker phone, but instead of the phone, the computer is acting like the phone. Can you throw? <laughs> it's kind of like a big phone. With more buttons. With more buttons. Can you throw that all the way to the fence and get it? Do you, do you have a, a strong community of moms? Or do you feel more of an isolation? When we lived in West St. Paul, uh, we had a great community. And since we've moved to Ohio, we have like family, friends, 
um, at like our parish that we love and we get along with and get together occasionally. But um, with summer coming around, I don't know if it's just the season or uh, or what it is. Yeah, just the prompting of the Holy Spirit, I guess. I have been feeling that need for more intentional um, time with other moms. And so it's it's kind of been on my heart, too, to maybe start something this summer, um, maybe a mom's group or something like that. Um, and just we're, we're in our own home now. That's been a recent change. So being able to yeah, open up our home and have that opportunity. Um, yeah, so it's interesting that it's kind of been on your heart as well. So maybe just, a, yeah, the Holy Spirit and change of season <laughs> and multiple things. So with Pentecost coming up, I'm sorry. Um, I said with Pentecost coming up, the Holy Spirit might be very, very active right now. Yes, that's so good. <laughs> so true. <laughs> that's wonderful. Um, so, Erin, what would you say is your favorite part of your home and why? My favorite part of my home and why? I don't know what I said last time. So, <laughs> um, hmm. I wonder if you said maybe your, did you talk about your dining room table? Or maybe you said oh, your yard? That's a great, yes, I'm going to go with that. I, okay. that <laughs> I do like our dining room table. Let's go with that. So I like, <laughs> what I like about our dining room table is we do, we, so much of our, our day um, happens there. We talk and have our meals around the dining room table, and we and we eat and we uh, share stories. But we also do our art projects around the table, and we do some of our reading and writing work around the table. Um, and then the other part of our home that I like is I love I love our yard, and I love being outside. And I love how being outside opens up opportunities for opens up opportunities for conversations with people passing by, and uh, gardens, and we read outside. So I guess our dining room table and our um, yard, because they help to uh, foster environments for learning and for uh, conversation and community. Beautiful. That's great. And what have you been loving recently? I've been loving reading. Are you reading something in particular? Mm, I'm reading like 10 books right now. <laughs> like I'll, I'll, have, I'll read a little bit of one and then I'll hop to another, hop to another. I'm reading uh, Arithmetic for Parents. Hmm. I'm reading No Drama Discipline. I'm reading... How to talk so little kids will listen. I just I'm heard reading, about that book. Um, I'm I'm not too far into it. I've been kind of skipping around. And um, how to or life under compulsion. Uh, ten ways to, I guess, ten ways to, to destroy the humanity of your child. With the idea is to not destroy the humanity of your child. Sure. And. Uh, what else have I been reading? Those are the ones that are coming to mind. Yeah, that's now, a lot. <laughs> that I've been enjoying. And uh, I've been reading Grimm's Fairy Tales with the kids, and I've been enjoying that a lot too. And I did bring it outside. I've also been loving being outside a lot. Mm -hmm. I really connect to God and creation, and I've been loving the opportunity to both be in our yard and to go for, go on hikes. Mm -hmm. And... 
uh, it's been icing. Uh, that's been a real, a real joy, just uh, revitalizing my spirit. So Joseph mm. is hugging the statue of St. Francis in our yard, which I <laughs> very much enjoy. That was a gift from my husband for, I don't remember if it was the, a Christmas before we got married or the mm. Christmas, or first Christmas together. Um, but it's, it's beautiful. And St. Francis is one of my favorites. Mm. It's, it is Joseph's middle name. He was named for St. Francis of Assisi. So Neat. Um, it's another reminder of that connection, you know, between mm. God and God and creation. That's great. So I've got to ask you about the Grimm fairy, Grimm's fairy tales because okay. aren't, aren't they kind of um, like the originals are, are pretty intense or do you have like a, a, a kid version they or intense. they're short and they're pretty intense. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them, I, I think I've read them all in their original language, but I've been trying to kind of skim ahead and decide which ones we're going to read and which ones are we were not going to read. That's, that's sure. Bad. Okay. And but what I like about them is teaching teaching them morality without mm-hmm. necessarily explicitly teaching morality in terms of um in terms of faith, like just cultivating uh, what what's called the moral imagination hmm. and they give us good opportunities to, to discuss, discuss stuff. Um, at, when it looks at like what happened to this particular person. And if something isn't age appropriate, we just wait until it will be, you know, because there are right. plenty of opportunities to read the stories over time. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. That makes a lot of sense. And then I wanted to ask you about hiking with little ones. Do you use like an ergo carrier or something like that to bring them around or do they walk on their own mostly? So my, so Sophia and Joseph both walk on their own. If one of them gets tired, I have a um, toddler carrier that I can put, put one of them in. And, but, and then John Paul, I usually wear because he can't walk and, Oh, right. um, Either wear him in an ergo or piccolo, like a soft structure carrier, or I'll uh, wear him in a wrap. But if Joseph gets really tired, then I can put him, the carrier, on one side and John Paul on the other side. So, Erin, my last question for you then is, do you have any mom hacks to share? I was thinking about that today. I don't feel like I have anything that's particularly original um i think the one i shared with you last time just one second joseph is um i've been trying to have uh, a morning routine and some daily habits i I found that if i prep for the day the night before that the day goes smoother and um just a minute and i um i found that if i do just a few things each day. Like in the morning before we go downstairs, I wipe down the bathroom and I make the bed. Do I do it every single day? No, but I do it most days. And if I do it, then 
it's just it's so much nicer by the end of the day. And then in the afternoon, I when I'm done making dinner, I typically wipe down the kitchen. I sweep the kitchen and dining room. And then I try to spend 10 minutes at some point during the day picking up. And then I try to do one load of laundry each day. And since Paul wears cloth papers, that's definitely a, a priority. You got to get the, the laundry done. So I guess just routine and then pack and then planning the night before. So that night, then if I can get a little bit of stuff prepped, then it makes my morning easier. So just trying to maintain and stay a step ahead has been um, has been helpful. Trying to be able to do multiple things at once. Like um, we're outside now and I can read stories while we're outside or while we're hiking, we're enjoying creation, we're learning about nature and we're all getting our exercise. So trying to do one thing that helps multiple things, if that makes sense. That does. That's great. I, I really love that. So um, one last thing I wanted to ask you about, because Mother's Day is this weekend. Do you have any particular plans for Mother's Day? Um, well, Mother's Day is the day before Sophia's birthday. So we oh, right. Yeah. To, well, to energy in the morning, and then uh, we're going to go to the Science Center, because Sophia wants to go to the Science Center as a family. So that'll be our our family outing that's of her choice and then uh mother's day is one of the two days each year that i don't cook so we'll probably get takeout for them <laughs> nice so, that, that sounds spending great time with my kids is my plans for mother's day and we do something for my mother-in-law and my mom in advance so that we can spend actual mother's day with the kids Beautiful. I love that. And when you just said that, I realized something that we talked about last time that I'd love to ask you about this time is um, divine liturgy, because you um, occasionally go to, I can't remember what your, what your we're, Sunday we're, schedule we're looks Roman like. We're Roman Catholics, uh, but if, if we're able to, there's a uh, Byzantine Catholic church that's five minutes from our house that has 1030 divine liturgy. So we've been frequenting it because it's convenient, but also we like the liturgy and the uh, community is very, very welcoming as well. So we've been to Roman liturgy, we've been to mass the past three weeks for various reasons, and uh, but we're hoping, I'm hoping to go back to divine liturgy uh, this week, and we go as much as our, our schedule allows, and we don't really... We don't really stress it, but I, I love the ability to, as John Paul II, the second would say, uh, to breathe with both lungs, you know? So mm. it's it's beautiful. And one of my kids was, Sophia was asking uh, when we passed a church, is that one of the like one of the churches we go to? And I was like, yes, it's a Catholic church. And she asked if it was like, was it divine liturgy or was it mass? And I was like, well... Mass is at the Roman Catholic churches, divine liturgy is at the Byzantine Catholic churches, but they're all Catholic churches. So, um, mm. but, it, but this this ch- church was a church that, that has mass. So, um, it's mm. beautiful. I love that. What would what would you say are the ma- the major differences? Uh, between the divine liturgy and the mass. The mass and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I would say that the mass is more linear and divine liturgy is more circular. No, no, and, no. Hmm. What's the difference? Oh, what's the difference? Oh, be right before um, the holy, holy, holy at um, divine liturgy. They have, it talks about uh, our angels and archangels, uh, cherubim and seraphim, six-winged and many-eyed, Soaring aloft on their wings, singing, shouting, crying aloud, and saying the triumphal hymn. And then it goes into the holy, holy, holy. And they, uh, my kids really like that, that part of the liturgy because they hit, use the asterisk to hit the disco. So that it makes a noise um, each time. And so I'd say it's typically in the vernacular in <laughs> divine liturgy. I think the divine liturgy has always been in whatever the language of the people is. And it's more chanting. Um, more congregational singing at Divine Liturgy, and um, and at Mass, I'm trying. There, I'd say that the prayers are very, the prayers are different, but they're all biblical. It's, I, it would be interesting to study the the evolution of um, the two liturgies because the liturgy of Saint. If you look at like the extraordinary form, the Western liturgy would be trace its roots back to St. Gregory the Great and St. John Chrysostom. It was the one who's the author of Divine Liturgy, which is in the East, and he was like 300-something. So um, it's they both have certain elements. They both have – no, that's not Thunder, sweetie. Um, they both have the Holy, Holy, Holy. They both have the Gospel. They both have another reading, at least an epistle. Um, and they have the Eucharist, they have both the epiclesis and the words of institution. Um, they have, but a lot of it is, is, is very different. They have, so instead of the, uh, prayers, the petitions, like the general intercessions that we have in the West, they have the litany of supplication, but they do it a whole bunch of times. And interestingly enough, the curie in the West is the last vestiges of Greek in the Roman liturgy. And that Kyrie, that Lord have mercy, is what they say at the, to respond to the um, litanies. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Uh, mm. So it's there are some mm. things that are similar, but some, but, but most of it is very different. Although, like the the essence, the worship of God and the Eucharist, are and the gospel are the same. They have a a little a, an entrance procession. Mm-hmm. So rather than just taking the gospel from the or the book of the gospels from the altar to the ambo, like in the West, if they even put it on the altar, they take it through the royal doors and out front and into the I don't know what the main doors are called. Um, and bring it to the altar. It's it's beautiful. They have little, um, they have a lot of processions in the East. So I th- there are things that are, I think it's more different than similar, but the faith is the same. I, I would love to go sometime. Time. There's a, a Byzantine church, I think maybe 20 or 30 minutes from us. We go to a traditional Latin mass and um, my husband, yeah, he's in- extraordinary form. It's truly extraordinary. It is so beautiful. It, it is. It's totally like otherworldly. When you, I mean, when you step into the mass, you just feel like 
this is heavenly. It's um, it's really incredible. The, the divine liturgy is I would feels more similar to the extraordinary form than to the ordinary form. Okay. With the exception of so it probably even more so like with a high mass. Yeah. A lot of chanting, um, and there are things that the priest is saying during during the um, chanting, just like at at high mass when. Uh, that we're still singing, say, the Gloria, the priest is praying possibly the collect, if I'm remembering all the different mm-hmm. things correctly. And um, while we are still pray- praying the, the creed in the um, extraordinary form, or while you're still singing it, the priest has already started the um, offertory and all the different preparatory prayers for that. Um, so... Uh, and there's a lot of smells and bells and incense in the divine liturgy, like in the extraordinary form. But the divine liturgy is all in the vernacular. Um, and in the extraordinary form, is the the curie has that triple, three curie liaisons, three Christe liaisons, three curie liaisons. And I and I'm Correct. guessing yeah. that the litany probably has nine invocations. Is my guess though. Lord have mercy, Lord have mm. mercy, Lord have mercy. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if you would like the extraordinary form, you would like the Byzantine liturgy. It's just, it's, but it's, it's just very different. Mm. Interesting. But you would have the same otherworldly experience that you do at the extraordinary form. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. My husband's in school right now, and he um, is getting a, a bachelor's degree in. Uh, divinity. And so his final kind of thesis of the year, he's finishing school this year, is on how the ordinary form and extraordinary form um, can mutually enrich each other. So it's been really nice they because he does all this other. enrich enrich one enrich another. Okay. So what's been really nice is that he like does all the studying and then he's able to tell me like, some great, really interesting points without me having to go through and read everything. So I've, I've been enjoying uh, learning a lot from, from him during this time too. So yeah. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for chatting with me. And again, for doing this a second time. I really, really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for reaching out again. Yeah. Let me, let me go ahead and close this in a prayer. Okay. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this time to share with one another. Thank you for the gift of our families. I pray, Lord, for all those mamas listening today, um, especially over uh, this Mother's Day weekend. Lord, I thank you for um, the gifts that these these moms are, and I pray that they were able to get some rest and um, time with their family this weekend. Jesus, we love you, and we offer this day to you in your holy name. Amen. Hi friends, I've been thinking a lot about ways Erin shared that she encourages service in her kids. Small ways like a smile or practicing patience by letting someone else go first. I also think it's so beautiful the way Erin talked about how her daily schedule is more of a rhythm. That got me thinking about my own day-to-day life as a mom and ways that I can incorporate certain patterns, maybe with uh, scripture stories around the breakfast table or reading outside. Finally, I wanted to wish you all a happy belated Mother's Day. I hope you receive some rest and quality time with your families this weekend. And thanks for listening in today. Until next time, you all are in my prayers. God bless.